Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome to the next installment of this mini-series on the inner healer archetypes, and today we're going to be talking about the inquisitive she-wolf. So we're going to start by asking ourselves and our intuition, our higher self, what does that look like for you? What do you see when you hear the words inquisitive she-wolf? What do you feel and how does this feel within you? What thoughts come to mind? And if you declared to yourself, I am the inquisitive she-wolf, how would you act? How would you show up? What self-healing would you be drawn to? I can't wait to dive into this archetype because it is one I think that uh, a fair amount of this community resonates with, but also one that some of us might see our shadow in and we might want to be able to tap into the this a little bit more. And this is another one of my more um, shadow archetypes personally, where the inquisitive she-wolf and the intuitive witch are actually like a really good pair. And you'll hear why in a second. Uh, but the I feel like I embody more of the intuitive witch. And so the inquisitive she-wolf is that part of me that like, 
I can always tap into more of this energy. I need to remember that I also have this inquisitive she-wolf within me. So she's the researcher. And her traits are that she loves asking questions and finding solutions to problems. But in contrast to the intuitive witch who seeks these solutions to problems in this very like emotional, intuitive, feeling into the energy of things ways, the inquisitive she-wolf does it by researching, by gathering information. She's like that all I do is work, 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 girl, <laughs> because she tries to find all of the answers. She reads all of the articles and she's dropping her knowledge left and she's dropping her knowledge right. She is the truth seeker. She is the scholar. She is the academic. She is a lifelong learner. If you feel like you are always enrolled in some program and learning more and reading more and reading the books and all of that, then you might resonate with this archetype of being the inquisitive she wills. And she is inquisitive. She asks questions. See, she wants to seek that truth and she wants to gather the information in order to find the truth and find the answer. She's also not afraid to change her mind if she gathers new information that maybe contradicts her old belief. So she might have a, a specific opinion or belief on something. New research comes out, she gathers more information, and she realizes that it's okay to change her opinion or her stance on something as she gathers more information that previous, previously wasn't available. So she makes more of her decisions based on the, the facts, the facts, baby. So she is tuned in to the science and she's great at finding multiple solutions to a problem. So, you know, she doesn't necessarily declare there's only one right answer, but she realizes that there's bio-individuality within all of us, but that there is maybe a specific way for that person to heal in, in their own best way based on the research based on the information that she has. So for example, when I was starting my healing process and going on my functional medicine kind of path and journey of healing, uh, the way that I healed with hormone imbalance, parasites, bacterial overgrowth, infections, etc., would be different than somebody who was struggling with something completely different. Maybe they had high testosterone, whereas I had like no testosterone. So that pathway is going to be different, but we're going to use the facts of the lab tests and the things that are coming back, the information that we do know, in order to figure out the best solution. So she's great at figuring out those multiple solutions. So you might actually be a really good practitioner. <laughs> and the three, the, not the three, even the inquisitive witch, um, is one that might be BFFs with the intuitive witch. So inquisitive she-wolf, intuitive witch are potentially BFFs because they're opposites, but they're super potent together. So does that make sense where the inquisitive she-wolf is so tapped into the science and the, in the research, the intuitive witch is so tapped into the universal energy and her intuition that together it's just like poof, fire. But we all have both of these within us, so we don't have to go seek a BFF, not that you can't or shouldn't have a BFF, but we, we can have that both within us and, and just be like even more potent. The Three-Eyed Raven comes to the Inquisitive She-Wolf to kind of glean her information. So we talked about in the first um, round of, of this series, the first archetype we dissected was, was the Three-Eyed Raven, and the Three-Eyed Raven 
is the one who's going to, she's got her team and she's gathering information. So she's probably going to come to the inquisitive she-wolf and be like, well, what do you think? And what does the research say? And then she's going to go to the intuitive witch and say like, okay, well, what does your intuition tell you? And so she's kind of got it all over there, the three-eyed raven, whereas the intuitive witch and the inquisitive she-wolf have kind of like their specific niche um, zones of genius. So... Inquisitive She-Wolf also believes in treating the root cause of disease, so she likes to dig, 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 dig. She digs deep. She's the archaeologist. She's, she's the detective. She's the citizen scientist that is the advocate for her, her body and her health, but also likes to encourage other people to be their own advocate as well. And functional medicine really aligns with her because it's one of the few methods or ways of treating disease that really gets to the root cause what is underneath that what when you dig what do you see instead of just touching the surface so through lab testing and looking at the gut microbiome and underlying infections and hormonal imbalances amongst other things this is how you are going to see the root challenges causes of whatever physical symptoms are presenting themselves on the surface and the inquisitive she-wolf, she's like, yes, I want to get to the root of this. I don't want to just cover things up with a Band-Aid. I want to be that detective and I want to understand what's going on underneath the layers of not only my body so I can heal in that the best way for me, but also potentially as a practitioner, she wants to help people also get to the root and help them peel back the layers of what's going on uh, under, under their skin. The Inquisitive She-Wolf also likes things to be in order and structured. So you might see this in your, your physical space. If your um, most potent and inherent archetype is the Inquisitive She-Wolf, you might be someone who is very like orderly and structured, or at least likes it. Uh, you could think of it like the elimination diet too. So I'm assuming most of my listeners probably have been on some type of elimination diet since you're here, probably because you're, you're moving past the food and, and realizing that how much food has helped you heal, but you're looking for something a little bit deeper than that um, or beyond that to integrate in, in conjunction with it. So elimination diet, you are someone who wants to do it right and you want to do it in a structured way. So you probably were like, okay, I'm going to like create this whole schedule. I'm going to eliminate corn for two weeks. I'm going to eliminate gluten for two weeks, dairy, etc. All these different food, food groups that might have cross reactions or are just inflammatory for the body. And then you're going to reintroduce them according to a protocol where it's like, okay, I'm going to take one bite, wait 15 minutes. I'm going to take another bite, wait 15 minutes. And I have like a small portion. I'm going to wait 24 hours and I'm going to see um, what sort of um, symptoms might arise after that 24 hour period and do this in like a very structured way. And, and that is much more structured than just saying, I'm going to take out gluten for a while and I'm just going to see how I feel um, be gluten free. Or I don't know, maybe I should cut dairy out for a little bit. and But then like two weeks later, you have like a bite of cheese and then you take it out again. And it, it's like not really structured, right? That's more just like uh, you are experimenting, but you haven't really set like this schedule, this protocol, this structure to figuring out what is actually triggering you in, in the food world. 
So the inquisitive she-wolf is going to create that structure so that she's not, she's like, she doesn't want her time to be wasted. She's not like, I don't, she, she doesn't want to just like lackadaisical do this or do this kind of half-assed. Like she's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to do it in a structured way so that I get, I get the answers because she wants the answers. She wants that deeper understanding of herself, her body, and the world. Uh, the strengths of the inquisitive she-wolf are that she is bold, she's independent, there's no issue she can't find a solution to. So she is like hashtag independent woman. She is self-sufficient and she might even enjoy being on her own. Like she might really, really find that time alone to be sacred and she's like happy with herself. Um, and she maybe has, has found that anyone she's dated has had a hard time keeping up with her. Because they might be actually a little intimidated by her or her drive or her power or her intelligence. And yeah, I mean, you can take care of yourself. But it also doesn't mean that you don't need love and want comfort and can be taken care of sometimes. So this, this is one of those strength and weaknesses or strength and challenges is a word I like better. So she is so strong and driven and motivated. She's intelligent. She is an independent woman who, who is um, self-sufficient. But if she doesn't allow herself to receive love, open up to receive help sometimes, she's going to get super burned out. She might feel lonely, even if she, for the most part, likes being on her own. Like, we all need human connection, so again, super strength because she is the warrior woman, not the warrior woman archetype, but she has a warrior woman inside of her that is like independent, hardworking, go, go, go. But she also needs love. And she might even, um, without the intention of doing this, but kind of accidentally close herself off to some connection, human connection, because she's just so driven. Other strengths of the Inquisitive She-Wolf is that she's a creative healer and she loves to think logically. So in shamanic healing, at least through a shaman that I used to work with, he taught me about different archetypes and one of the archetypes is the scholar. So the Inquisitive She-Wolf is also that she embodies the energy of the scholar as well. And she spends a lot of time in her mind just investigating and exploring new ideas, brainstorming, kind of thinking creatively, thinking in new ways. Like she likes to challenge herself and her brain and the way she thinks. And she likes to find research, data, information, publish journal articles that can back up the things that she's thinking and create this, this ordered thought process that is easy to follow. Uh, and just like that elimination diet, she likes the structure to it versus this ambiguousness. She, the scholar energy, which is in line with inquisitive she-wolf, is also one that you may have more of this affinity to absorb and integrate information from the world, not just things you read or books you read or articles online you read, but also just information that we're constantly picking up around us in general. Uh, and you're, you have this affinity for just like absorbing that and making it easy for other people to understand and to continuously gather more and more information and develop a deeper understanding within you so that you can also share that and disseminate that information. 
So on a, on a really basic level, the scholar is also the student of life. She is a student of planet Earth, and uh, she's constantly learning. She is also organized, as we mentioned, and likes to handle situations in this really fair mat matter. So she's a scientist, a researcher, but also a little bit of the judge. Um, not in like a judgmental way, but more of this like judge in a courthouse, like gather the information. I'm thinking of the the, the, the like, pendulum, what is that called? The the scale, right? The scale that we see that's like weighing the left versus the right side and kind of like weighing things out. So she is more non-biased and that is because she uses the science and she uses the facts to gather up all the evidence in order to make the decision or in the case of like a, a court case, being that judge and uh, making that final um, determination. And that makes her a really good teacher too, because I think that uh, really some of the most amazing teachers I've ever had just encourage me to think critically. So she's going to think other people, she's going to encourage other people to think critically um, and to gather their own information, but also she has a lot of her own that she can share and present it in a way that is not overly biased one way or the other. The Inquisitive She-Wolf has challenges like all the archetypes, some of which we've already discussed, but one of the main ones is that she she needs to sometimes just get quiet with herself and ask herself, how do I feel instead of what do I think? So she's she's pretty cerebral and she's in her head a lot. And sometimes she forgets to just surrender the intelligence of her mind to the intelligence of her heart. Because her heart is also so wise and has this beautiful and, and strong energetic charge that influences our energy and the energy of things around us. And it's also, the heart is a gatherer of information. Yes, we gather information through our mind, but we also gather information through our energy body and, and that like portal of our heart. So, again, you're, the inquisitive she-wolf's shadow might be the intuitive witch. Because, so if you were listening and you're like, okay, I align most with this one, the inquisitive she-wolf, but when you listen to the intuitive witch yesterday or whenever you listen to the intuitive witch, you might be like, whoa, I'm not super tapped into my intuition or my feelings. Like, at least your first... Uh, inclination is to think of like what does my mind think what do I what do I what does the what does the science say before you might tap into well what does my heart feel so don't discredit your feelings and uh, your intuition and those little butterflies you get and um, good or bad right sometimes we also get like this yucky feeling or this like kind of um, fear-based feeling that's telling us not to do something. Um, careful of that fear. Fear is not always the best guide, but love is. So tap into your heart, tap into that heart chakra in order to uh, surrender the intelligence of the head to the heart if you are strongest in this archetype. So your feelings are valid, your emotions are important, and in fact, they are vital because it's not all based on facts, right? Let yourself be an emotional human being. You don't need to analyze everything. And then also, it's really important for the inquisitive she-wolf to pause between finishing one thing and going on to the next thing. 
So because she's cerebral, she's scholarly, she's intelligent, and like that brain is is so smart. But she might have a tendency to, uh, I'm just thinking of, of like a simple example of like reading an article and then she finishes it and then she there's a suggested article at the bottom of the page and she clicks the next one and she reads that one. She clicks the next one and she reads it. Uh, and so she's kind of just like continuing to like be this sponge. And if you are constantly a sponge, then we get really full. And that can actually lead to anxiety, that can lead to fatigue. And so you want to be able to wring out your sponge and let go of some of that in order to make space for you to digest and incorporate, integrate more information. So just something for her to be aware of is, am I constantly being the sponge or am I taking a sense to a second to rinse myself out before I go on to then learn more? So she, she loves this, like she loves that learning, but sometimes it's hard for her to pause and like reflect and, and let, let some space occur before she jumps into the next thing. And that really goes back to our creative cycle. Our creative cycle is be, do, have. Be is associated more with this, like, I think of it as kind of the cloud above your head that is just like the silence and stillness of your higher self and the universe. And then the do comes into your brain and your mind. And that's when the idea that occurred in your imagination and, and creative process of up, up there in space comes in and actualizes into like a real idea into your mind. And then we, we do it. We take action. I think of your hands and your hands going then out and doing the thing, taking action on that idea so that now you have this thing. It's in reality, you are the creator. But then we have to go back up and finish and complete the loop of going back up to the B, which is then after we have created and, and, and made this thing tangible, then we need that pause again. And in that pause and that journey back up to the B above your head, like that cloud, it allows you to let go of, of anything that didn't serve you through that process and to just integrate, to reflect and um, clear a little bit. That's that rinsing part of the process, that sponge is rinsing out. And then, bam, goes back into the do, into the mind again, the, the have, the be. And it's this full circle of the creative cycle. But the challenge for the inquisitive she-wolf is the, the process, the journey of have to be. Like, be might not be her comfort zone. You might actually be someone who finds it challenging to meditate and to stop. And so there's... What I would encourage the inquisitive she-wolf to do is to be really mindful of the pause. And even if you feel like, I'm not good at meditating, I can't do this, I'm just bad, I can't, right? Or I'm afraid of it. What's going to happen in the silence? To just try it. To just try the meditation process because it's going to benefit you. And actually now that you've rinsed out your sponge, you're going to be able to absorb and like keep and store information more effectively and efficiently as you continue to learn and be that lifelong student. So be, do, have. The inquisitive she will sometimes get stuck in do, have, do, have, do, have, and she's just like cerebral process, have, create, cerebral process, have, create, and she forgets that pause, that cleansing, integrating part of like stillness and resetting. 
Another challenge of the inquisitive she-wolf is that it's easy for her to take on everyone else's problems, so she needs to remember to delegate. So yeah, girl, you are wicked smart, but that does not mean that you have to find the answers for everyone and be everything to everyone. You don't have to be everyone else's healer. There's a, a quote by Yoko Ono that says, healing yourself is connected with healing others. And I think that's potent because if the inquisitive she-wolf is simply just gathering this information for her own healing, it's going to naturally then affect the people around her as she does share what she's learned and help other people, but she's not responsible for anybody except for her herself. So she's not responsible to be everyone's practitioner, doctor, healer, mentor, friend, therapist, etc. Her major role is healing herself and being in this place of joy. Our, our, our life purpose is joy, is happiness. And so how can she let this, this learning, this scholarly part of her be just really fun and enjoyable so that the, then it's easy to share with other people, but she's not feeling responsible for everybody else. And it's okay for the inquisitive she-wolf to ask for help. And allow, I was speaking to this before, but allowing herself to receive. This is more of a masculine energy archetype. So that is that energy of, of the structure, the protocols, the research, the doing. And so it's important for her to tap into her sacred feminine of like trusting the process, stepping away for the silence and meditation, allowing herself to receive love, help, support, not being afraid to ask or for help or to delegate things, delegate things to other people so that she is not that full sponge. She's got to rinse. Rinse and reflect. Let go, then repeat. Uh, and remember that full process of the creative cycle. Be, do, have. The uh, goddess energy here for the inquisitive she-wolf uh, the first is goddess Mott, M-A-A-T, and she's a goddess of fairness. She says, the situation will be handled in a fair and just manner. And actually, I just realized that, the, that this goddess energy, she's a, an Egyptian goddess, and she's holding that scale. Um, there's a feather in one of the, the containers, and then there's a bird in the other. And... So this is that energy of like weighing out. What do the facts say? What does the research say? Like I'm going to weigh out the pros and cons. I'm going to get structured about this in order to create a really non or unbiased um, opinion and also let that opinion be open to change and evolution. Other goddess energy that she embodies is goddess Freya and she is the goddess of, of boldness and being bold. She says, unleash your adventurous side, taste, take risks, and be daring. So, and she's got this, like, electric, like, sexual, like, she's a sexy woman. <laughs> and she has this energy, which is, like, super independent and bold and not afraid to, like, stand up for herself and take care of herself and, like, be that super powerful leader, but... She just needs to remember, and she's actually like, she has this horn around her neck in this in this picture, which is a reminder to not be afraid to like blow the horn and call out for guidance and help. It's like she doesn't have to bear the weight of the world on her shoulders, and she doesn't even have to figure out all of her problems on her own, even though she's really good at that. She's allowed to ask for advice. She's allowed to tap into 
energy of her own inner intuitive witch as well and like let herself feel her emotions. Goddess Green Tara, another energy that shows up in this archetype. And this is the goddess of, of delegation. So she says to start delegating, as we mentioned, and also ask others to help you instead of trying to do everything by yourself. So again, that really just goes back to the independent woman energy as well. It's like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to delegate. And actually, when you do that, you can be more tapped into your zone of genius. Like if you are a business owner and you are the inquisitive she-wolf, then I, I want you to really notice what parts of your daily tasks or weekly tasks are like not in your zone of genius, are not the part uh, that makes you feel alive and excited. And we need you, the world needs you to be in your zone of genius in this flow state and not doing all the little, little things. So if, if that's you, if you're the business owner, I want you to start delegating some of the things that are more menial that someone else could easily do that you could pay them to do so that you can actually tap into your zone of genius in a, in a more powerful way. Last goddess energy here is goddess Kali, and she is the goddess of endings and beginnings. And she says the old must be released so that the new can enter. That's that be do have. So sometimes this archetype forgets that she can't just do have, do have, do have all the time and gets stuck in like that broken record player of back and forth, right? She needs to pause. Meditation is going to open up a whole new power and possibility within you if you simply allow yourself and train yourself to do it. To just do it. I, I have a feeling that this energy of the, of the person who uh, resonates with this archetype is going to be a little afraid to do that. She's like, whoa what is in the silence of my mind? What's there? I don't know. And there's no <laughs> article I can read about what's going to be there. So I'm scared shitless. And maybe you've overcome some of that already. Maybe not. If you haven't, I just want to encourage you to, to find the courage within yourself to try and to see that actually the thing that you might be resisting so much, which is that pause, that silence, that reflection, the emotional piece, is actually the part that is going to fill you up and make you feel more whole and allow your life to be a little easier. So just, just take that and see how that resonates with you. Let there be endings and beginnings and not this constant state of doing. All right, my friends. So the inquisitive she-wolf. As her, and you bring her in front of you, how would you speak? How would you act? How would you receive? How would you show up in all the areas of your life if you embodied more of her, that inquisitive she-wolf within you? What actions would you take? How would you love on yourself? And then literally bring her in front of you, however you see her, and ask her, how can she support you today? How can she support you today? What parts of her essence would be helpful to you? Are there parts of this archetype that need to be healed? And notice that too. This is one of the archetypes I'm working on healing because I love the emotional piece. 
I don't always love <laughs> the research piece. It's fascinating to me, but I don't necessarily like, like, like to put my time into that piece. And part of the way that I've started to heal it is to make it more fun. So I make it this kind of sacred, mm, like, time out, this, this piece of time I've carved out to just learn and be the lifelong learner and the scholar and just like allow myself to tap into that energy instead of being like, no, I just want to feel and be my upper chakras. The way to heal it is to step into it. So I've been stepping into this archetype lately, actually. The inquisitive she-wolf, she, she works in the mind. She is very much uh, focused on the tangible and what she can see in front of her. So she might also need to like close her eyes and see what, what's beyond the veil, what's in the, the dimensions be, beyond the third dimension. And when she taps into that, again, that's going to make her even more powerful. And then ask her, how can you support her today? Beautiful. So let me know what ahas or breakthroughs you had from today's episode. I cannot wait to share more with you. We've just got a couple archetypes left. I hope that you are learning about yourself as we go through the characteristics of each of these, how they might be your shadow, maybe they are your superpower, and how can we integrate all of them into us and bring them out, bring them to the surface so that you are the most powerful self-healing goddess in the freaking world. (laughs) All right, my friends, I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Again, I hope that you guys are having some of those aha moments and different aspects of your being, your inner healer are coming to the surface. So if you are the inquisitive she-wolf and you are the woman who feels like she's not tapped into the emotional part, but more so her intellectual being, I want to invite you to open that doorway to get in touch with our deeper, more subtle energy of the body. So this program, Healing Activation Portal, is going to be perfect for the inquisitive she-wolf who wants to expand and become more of this holistic healer that integrates the emotional with the science and the evidence-based facts. If the inquisitive she-wolf is your shadow archetype, then I also want to speak to needing a permission slip. And the inquisitive she-wolf, if that's your strongest archetype, like, she, girl does not wait for permission. Like, she just goes, she does the research, she says, yes, she is independent woman. But if this is your shadow, then you might be sitting and waiting for permission, like looking for that sign, looking for that permission to say yes, that permission to create change, like someone to affirm this for you. But what I want you to know today is that you don't need permission. You don't need permission to do this. You get to decide. You are the conscious creator of your reality. And so you have permission. You just have to give it to yourself. You have permission to stop playing small. You have permission to invest in yourself in this really beautiful aligned way. You have permission to say no. You have permission to say yes. You have permission to do what feels fucking good for you and your body. You are worthy of all of that. And you can always write yourself that permission slip. We just have to step outside of this place of questioning, of doubting yourself and into this place of deep trust of the universe, knowing that we are always supported and that we can use this experience of the healing activation portal in order to cultivate a deeper sense of that trust. By saying yes, 
you are starting that healing. You are already starting just by saying yes. You are committing to something that is going to change you, change your beliefs, rewire and reprogram your brain to live a more supported and aligned life. So I hope you will join me. I'm so honored to have you. The cart closes in just four days. December 10th, we get started. I will see you in there, my friends, and see you on the next episode.